What? Yes, you are as close to God as you want to be. Mm -hmm. There is not a God who wants to be far from you. Yeah. God wants to be close to you. Yeah. This is this is who Jesus is. He's the God who leaves everything to come for you. He mm -hmm. wants you. He wants to be close to you. Our closeness to God, our intimacy, that feeling actually depends on us more than it depends on him. Mm -hmm. he's, he's gotten the sin out of the way. He's given you the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. which is actually the presence of God in you. You are as close to God as you want to be. What's up, everybody? Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Uncomplicated I, Podcast. I hold this I'm up, like looking at all the cameras. And I'm holding this up like we're going to cheers to somebody. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. There we go. There we what's go. up, cheers. everybody? What do you all have right. in your drink there? A little H2O. Yeah, I got, um, I, I switched to McDonald's coffee, guys. I switched to it. Classy. Um, okay, so <laughs> he's shaking your head. Whoa. whoa. Oh, because you work at Starbucks. That's why. <laughs> All right. I well. mean, there's Blue Bottle, there's Starbucks, and then there's McDonald's, and then maybe after that's like what Seven Eleven. We're gonna jump coffee. into uh, Chevron. <laughs> that's actually my second favorite. Okay. Uh, and PM. Um, so hey, we're gonna jump into some questions in a second here, and we're these are questions that have come in online. Yep. About faith, life, the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I did want to share something that I haven't told you yet. Somebody bought a website domain for us okay uncomplicated.faith oh very cool yeah so um everybody's been Thank you, submitting questions uh at justicecoleman.com or mm -hmm. are submitting questions on instagram or youtube comments yeah and we're reading all of them mm -hmm. thank um, you for sending but we're building in. a little website and nice. i think maybe even an app so very uh, cool that's coming up i don't know if it's i don't know if it's out by the time this pod podcast is out but uncomplicated.faith will be the home base. Bookmark that. So a lot of questions <laughs> coming in, and uh, let's go ahead and get to the let's first one. Let's get to it. Why is it hard to forgive? Why is it hard to forgive? Why is it hard to forgive? Is the best question that has ever come on this podcast. And it's a good one. Yes. It's a very good one. Why, why is it your favorite question? Because I get this question every single week of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness. And it, and it is. It, it, it is... It is the hardest thing to do in life is to forgive somebody. I think so. Somebody's hurt you. Yep. Somebody's done you dirty. Yeah. Somebody who you love and you thought loved you betrayed you, yep. which makes it even worse. There's people who feel taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, and then, Have been taken advantage of. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have this commandment. Mm -hmm. I was like, duty is the word yeah. that came to my mind. Yeah. How does, yeah. Look, well, let's break down the question. Who would ask this question? Um, why is it hard to forgive? Why is it hard to someone that's been hurt? Yeah. Right? Someone that is in the process of figuring out, like, maybe I know I should forgive, but this is really difficult. What does it mean to forgive? Um, what what does, does the world mean? think it means to forgive? Well, I, I hear phrases in my mind that come to my mind instantly. It's like, well, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Like exactly. forgiveness has conditions and yeah. with uh, like just our worldview of the United States. Of America. I hear dudes say that all the time, right? Yeah. Oh, I'll forgive, but I, I won't forget. forget. It's like, I'm so powerful. I'm so strong. I can forgive and I can let it go. But you know, I, for, you know, you, you harm me once. Shame on me. You harm me twice. No, the other way. Yeah, you harm me. You harm me. <laughs> you once. do me dirty once. Shame on you. 
you do me dirty twice, shame on me. Like I should have had my walls up. I should have protected yeah. myself. I, the fact that I let it happen again, that's my fault. So. Yeah. And in that, in that mm-hmm. buried in that is, is, is the pride and the ego of somebody yeah. who is still trying to stay in control. Forgiveness is up to me. Right. You know, and I'm going to extend this and I can extend all of it or some of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Who's the hardest person you've ever had to forgive? Um, probably someone that's hurt people I love. Yeah. 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 Pain is real. I think sometimes we feel like if we, um, don't forgive that we are like somehow a hero to making, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm butchering it. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But like, if we choose to forgive, then we're saying that what that person did was okay. Right. And I think that's what the enemy who doesn't want us to be free and forgive and hold on and hold the pain. Because I think when we forgive, God in his grace like does something, heals us um, that we couldn't do on our own. It, it's our it's our option. It's up to us whether we choose to forgive someone. But when we do that, which was a command, right, God shows up and heals us. And I think of the time uh, that my dad tells me that when he gave his life to Christ. So my dad didn't grow up a Christian. He uh, started coming to church because his sister invited him because she said, there's cute girls at church. You should come. Mm. And he was like, I'm there. Mm. And so uh, he met my mom at, at that church. Mm. Anyway. Let's just stop for a second right there. <laughs> Is it wrong to go to church? To find somebody your age who is the opposite sex. I think sex. it's a great place to find someone. Who, yeah. Yeah. Hector's over here cheering. <laughs> we got some single guys here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great place to uh, find someone. So anyway. And Hector, you're allowed to date approximately one person at my church. So <laughs> after that, you have to wait 12 months till you date again. Because you can't be that guy, Heck. You can't I'll be that guy. I'll make sure to talk to you. Okay. All right. <laughs> I need your approval. <laughs> You got one shot to shoot. You know what I mean? That's so funny. So my dad goes to church on the hunt, encounters Jesus. Uh He gives his life to Christ. Yeah. He tells me about that day. He goes, I'll never forget that day because the pastor gave an invitation. He said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come down to the front. I'm going to pray for you. Get out of your seat. Very traditional. Um, He walks up and he said, I've never heard the voice of God before in my life. He goes, and instantly I made that decision and God spoke to me. And the first thing God ever said to me was forgive your dad. Boom. My dad grew up in an abusive home with a violently abusive father, lots of trauma, lots of pain. And the first thing God ever said to my dad was forgive your dad. Mm. And my dad said in that moment, like I heard God, I knew that I had to respond and I did. In that moment, he forgave his dad. I think, obviously, forgiveness sometimes is a journey. It, you have to choose day after day to continue to forgive because sometimes the pain is so yeah. deep. But he made that decision in that moment. And he had, he there was so much healing that came to his life that right. his family wasn't following Jesus. I saw how they were never healed mm. from the pain and trauma because they didn't forgive their dad. Right. So like parallel, same home, brothers, you know what I mean? And because forgiveness, my dad chose forgiveness, like it unleashed healing in his life. It unleashed 
him able to have a family yeah. and to to uh, create a home that was beautiful for me and my sister to grow up in. And and so anyway, I think sometimes we like we we believe a lie that when we forgive, we're not. Uh, we're allowing that person to get away with yeah. what they did yeah. or it, 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 it devalues the pain that mm. we experienced. And that couldn't be further from the truth because when we can choose to forgive, despite all that God swoops in and does what only he can do and right. heals us. Right. But he left heaven, <laughs> glory, perfection. Yeah. His div- like his glory. His to, attributes. His, of, <laughs> yes. Of, of to divinity. come to yeah. earth. To be a take on human form, what yeah. God would want to do that, and then live thirty three years like it wasn't just like oh I'm gonna die on the cross. It was uh, it, it was years of sacrifice of yeah. leaving His glory to come do that. So sorry, yes, but like it was not just His death; it was His whole life too. Yeah, and in doing that, and essentially to make possible forgiveness yeah. for the whole world. Mm-hmm. So once, you know, the disciples go to Jesus and they say, hey, teach us how to pray. And he basically teaches them how to forgive. That's what he says. Because, you know, the prayer that we all know, um, that the, you know, Lord's, the, prayer. the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. is really about forgiveness at the end. Yeah. And then after that, he even says, he says, if you don't, this is it. If you don't forgive other people, mm-hmm. I will not forgive you. So. The, heavy yeah i mean i was uh you know i was uh doing jujitsu the other day and um i was rolling with this guy and when we were done he you know he told me he goes hey i've been listening to your podcast and i was like oh okay you know so i don't know anything about his his background shout out to our friend <laughs> I, I don't i didn't know his faith or whatever but he'd been sure. listening to this podcast and um uh, maybe he found it through following me on instagram or something like that and um he, he, you know he, he said can i talk to you so we walk outside and i and i said what's up and he goes what are your thoughts unforgiveness. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. That that was the perfect way. Whoever wrote this question, it's I get this question every week. What are your thoughts on forgiveness? It's why is it hard to forgive? Yeah. You live in a world and I live in a world where forgiveness is optional. Yeah. And in in some ways and conditional. Yes. And in some ways it is optional. It is up to you. Yes. But, you know, my friend asking that, he wanted more of God, mm-hmm. but he knew it wasn't going to happen. Right. Until he let op- he opened his heart mm-hmm. to forgive, and it's almost like forgiveness holds your unforgiveness holds your heart hostage. Yeah, hostage. Uh, um, bitterness holds your heart hostage. Yeah, yeah. And so we we put these walls up uh-huh. to protect us because we've been done harm. Yeah. But th- those walls keep people from coming in, but they also keep your heart from going out. Mm-hmm. And so you know the the message of the cross is that. If I'm gonna forgive you, then you gotta forgive others. Right. And you can't you can't receive my forgiveness and not agree to 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 be a conduit of this new life that I'm making possible for yeah. the world. And so, um, yeah, that 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 friend had, went on a journey for months, mm-hmm. and uh, we became good friends. And then about a month ago, he gave his life to Christ. Yep. And then last week, he got baptized. I know, and, so cool. Uh, I was standing there in the in the baptism tank with him, and you know, there it was. He was like, "I'm I, I've I've chosen to forgive." Ah, uh, so you, powerful! You know? It's so powerful. And the story with forgive. your dad, the day your dad got saved, it's God's like, "Okay, I'm saving you," but. Are you, I'm forgiving you, but are you forgiving others? We have both used the word unforgiveness right. as we're talking, mm-hmm. which 
is funny because you and I both know it's not actually a word we find in the dictionary. Right. But it's so interesting that like our culture has come up with like unforgiveness. Like what is that? You know, it, it, we when we choose to forgive, we choose to forgive. But so many times I think we toy with the idea or we don't really mean it. And so we use like we pick it back up. We're like, oh, we're going to forgive. Just kidding. I'm going to hold on to my pain. And so we've come up with this word, our culture of unforgiveness, right. which doesn't make any sense. It's not a word. It's not a word. Yeah. You either so. forgive or you don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the world says, oh, I forgive and I don't forget. Well, you got to ask yourself something about that. Right. Because Cause that's not true forgiveness. Yeah. Because the cross is God has forgiven. It is done. It is finished. It is finished. Yeah. I've yeah. forgotten. Right. I'm never, this is never coming back Your around. Your sin is far from the east is to the west. Everything you've done, like I... It's, it's taken care of in this moment. Yeah, it's obliterated. Yes. And so, you know, this idea that you're forgiven, but I don't forget, that's not real that's forgiveness. not real forgiveness. And I'm not talking about that's those of you that need to put boundaries <laughs> up with people that, you know, have hurt right. you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's no bitterness because you've chosen. Yeah. The bitterness is the indicator that you're still hanging on to some stuff and you haven't totally let it go. And uh, it's the hardest thing to do in the world because yeah. uh, sometimes, it, like you said, it takes it takes a while. Yeah. Um, but healing often takes a while. And yeah. then also, you know, it's the hardest thing in the world because it requires you to die. Yeah. I mean, Jesus had to die for the world to be forgiven. You're going to have to die in order to let that thing go. Here's another, thing here's another, I don't know, hack that might help you gauge where you're at on that journey of forgiveness. Jesus also oh. says in the Bible to pray for your enemies. Yeah. And uh, if they feel like an enemy and you're unable to pray for them, that's probably a gauge on whether you've forgiven them or not. Like, I feel like I have, but like, if you can't pray for them, that's probably a good indicator that you still got a ways to go on your forgiveness journey. If so. you scroll through their Instagram, but you can't like their post, you, you <laughs> don't forgive them. If you're like, this you can't fool, like their post, you can't pray this for them. Good this guy. indication. If you can't double tap that sucker, then you are not in the forgiveness. Uh, What's the next one? All right, here we go. How to love people that are hard to love. Family, other believers who think differently, saying something after seeing something wrong. It's a really good one because I think the person that asked it, the last the last sub question says saying something after seeing something wrong. And uh, that's where my mind goes. It, it's hard to love people that are hard to love. I think um, kind of going along with forgiveness, you know, I'm sure they've said something or done something that's rubbed you the wrong way. That's why they're hard to love. And so maybe ask yourself the question, am I holding on to it? Oh, Glad I didn't hit myself. Uh, am I like holding on to bitterness? Do I need to forgive them? That's a great question. I think another thing that really helps um, is just having lower expectations on people. Giving I was people out with grace. some friends <laughs> last night and I said that. And I said, I don't know if this is wrong or not. I said, but a, a secret to my happiness has really been lowering my expectations on other people. Yeah. And uh, you, you, I don't know if that's wrong or not. Yeah. But I think it's, 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 it's close to grace. Yeah. I was going to say extra grace required. You know, some people, <laughs> some people just need more grace than others. And, uh, if you don't have that grace to give, yeah, then, then that's really where you got to be. You know what, God, I, I, I know I'm hard to love yeah. <laughs> and you still love me. Make me like you. Yeah. So Help I would me ask, extend love. Help me extend yeah, grace. I would say, I would say being reminded that I am like, uh, I am not deserving of love. I'm hard to love as well. And, 
God still keeps putting up with me. And I, I think being, you know, here, here's what I'll say. People feel like being reminded of their own sin is guilt. And they feel like thinking and dwelling on their own sin mm. is 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 makes them feel bad about themselves. But when I think about how awful I am, I'm reminded of how good God is yeah. and how amazing he is. I don't feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. Myself, the view of myself doesn't go down. My view of God just goes up yeah. higher and higher and higher. Um, I don't think God wants you to have a low view of yourself. Right. And, but I do think that we can have the we can have wrong expectations on people, unrealistic expectations on people, which makes it harder for us to have grace. We, we need, to, in order to show people that we love them, like we have, we have to be real with how much God loves us. Yeah. We have to, we have to be real with that. And, well, and, 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 and that's what's, that's central to being a Christ follower, understanding yeah. that we're so lost without him. Yeah. I think you said something about grace and it's, ex- it's just extending grace. Yeah. Um, other people who think differently. I think I would just encourage whoever asked this question. I think it's okay to have, to be around people that aren't like you yeah. actually to embrace that because, um, one, y'all are going to have a very small myopic, uh, worldview if you're only around people that are like you. Yeah. Um, also I think, uh, Jesus commands us to go into the world and make disciples. So yeah. if you're only around people that believe what you believe and think like you, um, that might be challenging. And so you may have less grace for people because you're only surrounding yourself with people that are like you. So that would be an encouragement. The other thing that uh, was a question was saying something after you see something wrong. So I think what they're asking is like, hey, if you're doing something wrong and I say something, like, what am I, like, how is that supposed to play out? And I think I would just be careful. Um, and I'm speaking from my own life and own experience. Um, I'm a very, very much a rule follower. Like everything's black and white for me. There's really no gray. Cause I feel very passionately about upholding standards and morals. And that's just kind of my makeup. Um, You're a goody two shoes. <laughs> You're a goody two shoes. That's who you are. That's true. Yeah. I've always it's been. Like, it's and like you're looking for the rules. You're I, like, somebody tell me. And then I will tell everybody what the rules are and yeah. make sure. I feel like it's my responsibility to enforce them yeah. to make sure that they're upheld. Like, that's yeah. how. So when I, when and I've grown and I need to continue to grow and I'm on a path of, of trying to grow to, to not, that is fine for my own life, but that is not my job to do to the people around. I was with some friends last night and we were talking about how hard we can be on ourselves. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if you, if, if you, that resonates with mm-hmm. you, but you know, when you're hard on yourself and then you see somebody else doing something that you, that you are like, Oh man, that I struggle with the same thing or mm-hmm. that it can trigger you, you know? Sure. And I have found that the most judgmental people mm-hmm. In my life, are the ones that are really hardest on themselves, on themselves or, yeah. or they have their own secrets that they mm-hmm. don't want anybody to know about, you know. And some of the most, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll some of the most outspoken, mm-hmm. you know, legalistic, judgmental. I love people. the face you made with legalist. And, and you have to do this. And you have to do this. <laughs> you, have, you have to do this knife thing. Yes. Because they're quick to point that out, you know. And, right. And Jesus says, "Hey, those people who are pointed." 
quick to point those out are usually the ones like, let me, there's a piece of sawdust in your eye. Right. Let the me Bible get it out. And he's like, that. you have a telephone pole yeah. sticking out your face. Yeah. With saying something after, like maybe it's not your job and you don't need to feel the responsibility to do that because it might actually just create a bigger wedge. Like you're not the sin police. I'm not the sin police. You're not the sin police. Our job's to love people and extend grace and God will deal with that. So anyway, I don't know if that's helpful, but. Next question. Here we go. Dating a non-believer, not relationships, but dating. Like dating just to keep busy. That's what I'm thinking. Dating yeah. a non-believer. Okay. Well, okay. Not relationships, but whoever's asking this question, you mm -hmm. are following Jesus now. So you're now in a world where you have people around you to choose from. If you're planning on getting married uh -huh. and they, you're looking for people to line up with your values and the direction you're going and potentially have a family and raise kids. And yeah. if that, if that's what you're aiming, you're trying to become compat. You're trying to find somebody compatible yeah. and that spiritual compatibility has got to be number one. So, but this person says not relationships, but dating as if dating is just Going not what out, I just described. Right. It's just kind of like filling up your time. What is dating? My definition or this yeah. definition? What's the Bible say about dating? Well, the Bible doesn't the talk about, about dating, dating actually, yeah. because back in ancient times, biblical times, uh, dating didn't exist. Right. People were um, had arranged marriages and it was legal and there was dowries and it was a whole, yeah. like this was not... It was not our culture. Yeah. So there's not a lot about dating um, in the Bible. But I, I... So you have principles in the Bible. You have principles, that but inform, nothing You know, those wise it. decisions. Right. But like we do live in a time where dating has become almost like, I think you said it, a hobby. <laughs> so I was watching, uh, uh, I think it was She-Hulk. Oh, I was going to say Love is Blind? No, I'm no, just no, no, no. I was watching uh, this, this Marvel uh, show. I don't think you've seen it. It's I have about, not. It's about the girl, the girl, girl version Hulk. of Hulk. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And uh, she she hulks out, uh -huh. and then she puts a picture of herself on the dating app. Okay. Because nobody would date her unless she was the, the regular picture of her. Nobody wanted was interested in. Got it. So uh, we 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 we've been together sixteen years. Mm -hmm. Married right? sixteen so we, years. So we don't we don't know about the dating apps. No, nope, we're too old. But, uh, <laughs> Never had them. Yeah, but um, so y you know. There's this the swipe thing, right? Okay. So like you're becoming compatible, but, but you know, swipe, or, life, or, or, swipe left yeah, or yeah. something. And uh, as as She Hulk, you know, she meets somebody, uh -huh. and then the guy comes over, and then the episode shows that he like spends the night at her house that okay. night. And I'm just like, whoa! So everything about being compatible, you know, is not the spiritual side of it. Mm, you know, everything is about yeah. And then it's almost like I'm doing this to fill my time. Right. And the episode shows that she's going throughout the thing and then she looks down and she's like, who am I? And um, that's that's the world we live in, as if dating is something other than the search to find somebody to be, to married, be married to. Yeah. There, there really shouldn't be dating in your life if it's not for the purpose of finding somebody to marry. Totally. Because that's that's what that's what dating is. It's the practice. It's the interview process. <laughs> yeah. Of if this person I want to make a covenant. I want to spend the rest yeah. of my life with and promise God that I will die married to this person. Yeah, so I would just encourage him. you to figure out why you're dating. A lot of people date because they're lonely. Yeah. Right? I would date, though, because you're searching for somebody to marry if that's what you want. And so then, now that that's your frame of mind, 
you need to put down what's most important to you. And, yeah. and, and it, dating a non-believer really wouldn't make sense for you if Christ is most important to you. Because then you're, you know, what you fall in love with somebody who's not following Jesus. And yeah. Then, and the next thing you know, you know, you're heading in this direction together, maybe romantically, but not spiritually. And th- that's always so painful. And I think that, like, I'm going to call it serial dating, actually um, makes you feel more lonely. Of course it does. You know what I mean? And so people go, oh, I'm in a date because I'm lonely because I just want to be around people. Hector, and can you, you give us some time, dating stats, bro? Can you our, just our time let us filled, know like, about dating makes you feel more, more or less lonely? Yeah. Sure. Let me look up for that. If ex- excess dating makes you feel more or less lonely. Yeah. Serial dating. Um, so I think we... Uh, People are believing a lie that like if I fill my time and I'm around people and I have a social life that's vibrant that I won't feel lonely. But when you're continually engaging and disengaging and re-engaging and being physical and tearing that apart and we're we're people that are not just body like what's more important sexual chemistry or spiritual chemistry oh spiritual chemistry for sure everyone's like oh i have to sleep with this person to see if we are sexually compatible you need to line up and see if you're spiritually compatible <laughs> yeah way because, more because because if you're spiritually compatible you have got uh, so much strength on your side yeah. you have a god who's bringing you together mm-hmm. you're heading the same direction because your values line up, everything begins to flow. Sexual compatibility is not even a real thing. Right. That's not even real. Oh, we have sexual chemistry or not. Dude, that's not a real thing. Intimacy yeah. is where sexual compatibility comes from. And if you are intimate with somebody who who you are spiritually compatible first, you're gonna have the ten a million times the amount of sexual chemistry because it'll actually be intimacy. Right. Agreed. So uh, dating any, any yeah, stats? Anything? It shows me six signs to identify a serial dater, but <laughs> what are the six signs? Get, bust off. Six Give signs. Give us our top three. How about six that? Six signs to identify a serial dater. Top are one. you a serial dater? Here's a, here you go. Serial daters wow. like to have really long dates early on. They like to love bomb you. Number one, they date too long on the first date. Yes. They Is randomly- your date longer than two hours? Okay. Number two. They randomly go off the grid. They ghost you. Oh, and they're a serial they dater. They're not talking to just you. They, they got too many. They got multiple. <laughs> they got some people on the side. Number three, they pull out all the stops. Romantic oh. gestures. Well, more love bombing. Okay, love bombing. That's a thing. Pulling now. out all the stops. I didn't even know that was a phrase. Love bombing. Yeah, they're showing oh. off. Yeah, flowers. They've done this before. They've got the playlist ready. They like to make you jealous. Okay. Oh, okay. Sure. They're not secure. <laughs> yeah. They talk about. Opposite sex, they bring other women's names into conversation. Ew. Uh, no, enough with Whatever these they can daters. do to make you jealous. Yeah, man. Yikes, hey, that's unhealthy. It, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard. It's, uh, man, so many people are, are watching this. This is their life. Yeah. This is their life. And, the, and, the, and you feel so compelled to find somebody. And, um, man, can I just tell you, God really cares about who you're dating Come and He on. cares about the relationships in your life. I would go so far as to say this He cares about nothing greater than your relationships yeah relationships change the quality of your life more than anything good relationships are the best gifts god's ever given us mm-hmm. the bad relationships in our life are the things that make the quality of our life the worst yeah. god cares about your relationships and if you are filling up your life with extra relationships that are romantic or dating for the sake of dating you um your your life is going to be up and down yeah but if you can have the 
have the 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 discipline if you can have the that's good the the, the strength to 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 put God first in your life and say no to some of this stuff that the yes is going to come faster than you're ready I would I mean, 100% agree yeah. on my own life if you're not in, in a position where you think that you you're ready to get married I would I would say cool the brakes on dating at all get yourself ready yeah before you start dating because there's nothing more I mean there's things that are there's there's things that are worse than this, but it is challenging to see people who they're they're not ready to get married, mm-hmm. and then they're and they're and they're dating, yeah, and then it's this super long like you know engagement or it's a bunch of distraction and yeah. it's just like dude this is making your life this relationship is making your life more complicated. We have been telling our kids are not that old they're twelve seven and eight and like since we've been having conversations about liking people and you know at at young ages my kid at like first grade was like am I allowed to have a crush I'm like oh my gosh but anyway like from the birth of these conversations with our kids it's like hey you're gonna like people and that's okay that's normal um and I would ask Logan he's like what am I allowed to date and I was like um are, when you're ready to have a wife, are you ready? Are you ready <laughs> to take the responsibility of a husband on and provide for your wife and your family? And he's like 11. He's like, uh, no. <laughs> we, we, we got married at 22 years old. We did. But our life was ready. Our life was and ready. It was the best decision we ever made. Yeah. You know, some people, their life is not ready. Yeah. And uh, your, life's not, your life's not ready for this pressure, for this responsibility, for these complications. And uh, Well, I think when you take dating seriously, like you are on yeah. a search you feel like you're ready and capable of making that lifelong commitment that you're in a place of health where you're going to benefit someone else's life. And it doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are, we don't all have it together, but you're in a healthy place. Um, that's when you can take on that and it be something really beautiful. If you're dating just to, to fill your time or to search and to find Man, maybe delete that app and download Pokemon. Got to catch them all. <laughs> that might be a little bit more fun for you because then bringing on, bringing on oh, a bunch yeah. of complicated. Yeah. Hector, what you got? So I got um, from American Psychological Association. This was created in 2016. Uh, self-esteem when you're on Tinder. Okay. So okay. in the study, 1,044 women and 273 men were asked to complete questionnaires about Tinder and their use of it. And approximately 10% uh, reported less satisfaction with their bodies and looks compared to non-users. Yeah. So For when sure. you're dating, you For get sure. ghosted, all these things, and then you keep swiping. Yeah. And I, sure. we're not hating on apps. Yeah. Like, I no. have plenty of friends that have wonderful, beautiful marriages yeah. that met on an app. Yeah. I think it's the place you, when you sign up for that app, yeah. that's going to be... Uh, and probably what type of app. I'm sure there's a bunch of crazy apps out there that you shouldn't be on. But, like, it, it really is about being mature enough to know that you're ready to be at a place in your life where that's what you want and you're searching for. Solomon says, do not awaken love before it's time. Yeah. Why would he say that? Why would he say don't awaken love? Because there's nothing more powerful than love. <laughs> love is so powerful. Yes, it And is. you fall in love with somebody or the wrong person, or yeah. too soon, or at the wrong place. I mean, shoot, don't go fall in love with your coworker who's married. Don't go fall in love with somebody yeah. who's not the kind of person that you want to spend your life with. Don't totally. don't fall in love with somebody when you're 14. Don't <laughs> wait. Don't awaken love before it's time. Yeah, because it's powerful. Yes, 
treat love like it's 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 what you have to give and it's worth waiting to to unleash right <laughs> it's so powerful all right let's do one more question hit us would someone be less of a christian if they attend church regularly or often would someone be less of a christian depending on how much church they go to does the amount of church you go to make you more or less a christian you know when you say that question, we grew up in a time in a church culture um, where the more you went to church was equivalent to how well you were doing spiritually. Mm-hmm. So like your spiritual health. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I don't think this is a, a correct view <laughs> of God's heart for church, but it definitely was the upbringing that I was brought up in. Like if someone wasn't in church for, they missed a week or two or three, God forbid, it was like, Ooh, they must not be doing well. Like Mm -hmm. I can think of countless times where I've heard that said by adults around me, like, Ooh, they must not be doing well spiritually because Mm -hmm. church was not a priority. And if you were at church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Sunday, like you were just your attendance was an indicator of the health of your heart, which doesn't. Why are you saying it like that, though? Why are you saying it with this attitude like there's like. Because, and forgive me if there's an attitude behind it, because I Cause think. Because it's a real snark, snarky <laughs> attitude over here. I'm sorry. It's, it's snark, snark week on the uh, Uncomplicated week. Podcast. <laughs> snark attack happening. I think because. There's because going to more. church doesn't make you more or less of a Christian. Correct. But your priorities definitely bring you closer to God or not. Right. Is that fair to say? Totally. How about this one? You are as close to God as you want to be. Yes. What? Yes. You are as close to God as you want to be. Mm-hmm. There is not a God who wants to be far from you. Yeah. God wants to be close to you. Yeah. This is this is who Jesus is. This is like you described a minute ago. He's the God who leaves everything to come for you. He mm-hmm. wants you. He wants to be close to you. Our closeness to God, our intimacy, that feeling actually depends on us more than it depends on him. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's gotten the sin out of the way. Yeah. He has a, he, he wants, he, he has given you the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. which is actually the presence of God in you. You are as close to God as you want to be. I can give you a million verses about it. Draw close to God. He'll draw close to you. Seek God. He'll open the door. He'll Fine. answer your prayers. He'll You'll, you'll find him like th- there's a million. Th- th- this is who God is. So people who go to church a lot are oftentimes people, especially my Catholic brothers and sisters, you know, they get to church because that's where they go to find God a lot of times. So I'm going to church to pray. I go to my, I go to the church building early in the morning every day. That's where I get on my knees. That's where I pray. And for them, that is a posture that says I'm seeking God. I'm prioritizing right. Now, you're describing people who just go to church all the time and then look down on other people because they're not at church all the time. Correct. And I think we should just make sure make sure we, we really identify what you're saying. Prioritizing God in your life is how you get closer to God. 100%. Whether that's reading the scriptures or whether that's how whether that's uh, saying no to things that are unhealthy and, yes. and, and unpleasing to God or whether it's just just the way that you you put him first in your life. Mm-hmm. Priorities is how. So so if you're saying do I go to church? more, uh, you know, does that make me less of a Christian? No, no, no. There is no less or more of a Christian. Right. That's like, that's like my son saying, dad, am I less or more of your son? Mm. It's like my daughter saying, uh, I haven't spent as much time with you. Does that make me less of your daughter? That's like me and you, 
uh, you know, me being on a trip for a week for work and you saying, Am I, are we less married now? Yeah. That's that, 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 that you can't be more or less of a Christian, but you can feel closer to God or not based on the way you're prioritizing your life. Yes. And the unhealthy side that you're describing, Maria, is you thinking that the church building is what does it. Right. But it's actually just it's your just heart and the priorities totally. that are changing that tone. Yeah. And I think, too, growing up in that, which it felt judgmental and a little legalistic, um, it it really missed a, a little part of the heart of God because God, Jesus tells us to go into the world and to make disciples. Right. And with that stacked church calendar, yeah. Um, if you don't have time for to prioritize people that are far from God, yeah, you are missing the Great Commission. Yeah. And so I think, you know, now in my adulthood, looking back on that, the the little bit of the snarky was like, man, like, was the church at that time so focused on what was happening inside that we forgot about everyone that was outside that needed to encounter Jesus? Yeah, and that's so, your story. And that, yeah. that that's your story. That's your experience. You yeah. had a bunch of people who went to church a bunch of times a week, right? Yeah. That's not my story. Right. What's my, your story? Yeah, my, my story is, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, it, it my story is about priorities. Mm-hmm. And if you put something else as more important than God, then your your life drifts. Mm. Your life drifts. Yeah. And then you drift enough to where you ask, you ask yourself all sorts of questions. Why am I not close to God? Am I not even a Christian anymore? And, right. And it's like, it's just like if me and you, we have date night every Friday, mm-hmm. right? Out of the last 100 Fridays, how many date nights have we had? Probably 98, 99. Committed to date night. Yeah. Right? So we have date night. It's where we work on our relationship. It's a priority in our life. We want that. Mm-hmm. We want to be close. If we don't have date night, right? you and I have busy lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We work multiple jobs. We have uh, a handful of kids. I can't even remember. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have, you know, busy schedules, right? And then all of a sudden we stop doing date night. Yeah. We, we go to bed together. So suddenly you're going to bed without me, uh-huh. you know, like what, what would happen? Right. right. And that would be me telling you you're not a priority. Yeah. And so that's where that strain would come from. So for the person who's writing this question, um, maybe maybe you feel like, um, you know, not going to church regularly. You don't go to church regularly anymore. And, you know, you're I'm like, am I not a Christian anymore? I would say I would say, look, how do you prioritize? Yeah. Since, you know, how do you how do you prioritize being with God? Yeah. Yeah. And even growing up in a, a culture that, you know, church was the only priority, um, it was even felt like more of a priority than seeking God. It was like, impl- I don't, it was, it was weird, but I love church more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I love God more than anything, but church and prioritizing that even growing up with maybe some weird, you know, thoughts on it. Like it is I mean, that is the priority in our life because I love putting God first at the beginning of my week. I love making space to hear from God. I love serving the church. I love all of that. So even, you know, um, with unhealthy thoughts growing up, it, it hasn't affected my love for uh, a, a place where we is can Is part of the God. snark, is part of it the assumption that p- you have people have made that church is the only place where you find God? Maybe, maybe. Because I, I could, I could see that. Yeah. Because, because Jesus, he says in Matthew twenty five, "Where were you when I was hungry?" 
Yeah. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Where were you when I was thirsty? That's where I'm at. Where were you when I was naked, needed clothes? Where was you when I was in prison? Jesus says that where you find God most mm-hmm. is in the places of suffering and yeah. need and pain and brokenness. And if you really want to find God, mm-hmm. go join people in their suffering. Yeah. And that's where the presence of God is because he goes, where were you when I was in this place? Come and find me. That's mm-hmm. where I am. And so um, I think church can be the opposite of that. It right. can be the place where everyone acts like everything's okay. Yeah. And everything's good and hey brother and hey sister and we're singing <laughs> songs and we're so happy and we're talking you know what I mean yeah and that can get old yeah so you got to have both totally you got to have both yep um but yeah the, the snark pre- is gone <laughs> last question last question oh we're doing another one last all one. right how can you help someone that was pushed away by God or that pushed God away that That's pushed God yeah. away how can you help someone that was that has pushed God away how can you help someone that has pushed God away how can you help someone that has pushed God away? First of all, is it possible to push God away? Probably not. You're not that strong. You can't push <laughs> God away. You cannot out-wrestle God. God's coming at you. You're like, I don't think so. And you push God away. I don't think it's possible to push God away. I think this is it. Metaphorically speaking, not physically speaking. I think speaking. it's possible to run away from God. I think it's more of a running away than a pushing away. But you can push things away that you don't want around you. Um, I think is what they're saying. I think probably if someone's running from God or pushing God away, they're processing something. They've either, you know, experienced some pain or maybe they are experiencing shame. Something's going on in their life. And I think, um, yeah, how can you help them? Just love them. Let them see the Jesus in your life. What should you not do? Uh, What's the worst thing you could do? Your best friend doesn't want to go to church anymore, doesn't want to go to hang out with you anymore, does not want to talk about God. Mm -hmm. You and him used, you and your best friend used to be all about. You were life group leaders together. (laughs) You you and your best friend were just close friends. You had Jesus as this bond. And now suddenly he's like, that's the last thing he wants. What do you do? What's the worst thing you could do? Well, when you put your hand up, put your hand back up. If you're pushing something away and I'm pushing on it, that is tension. That's what you call tension, right? Okay. And so that's probably not going to help them. That tension, it actually might just even create more tension in your relationship. Um, I think just continue to love them without beating the Bible over them or telling them what they should do. Uh, just looking for opportunities to, to love them and then be an ear to listen. And if they ask you, then be ready with hope, you know, but um, I think sometimes we want something for someone so bad that they don't want for themselves that it actually creates more tension than help. Yeah, I would say uh, you need to take some of the pressure off yourself because if they are pushing God away and they don't want more of God, then, um, man, then they don't. Yeah, you know they have mean? to want yeah, it. Yeah, so. Um, Pray but, for them. But don't give up on them. Totally. And, uh, and remind them of yeah. how much God loves them. And. But yeah, it's it's it is it is challenging. Mm-hmm. It is challenging. We, we've all experienced that. I, well, yeah. I would also say, um, I would also say, uh, be hopeful yourself. Yeah. You know, don't you? In a moment, God can speak to someone and say something. Whisper you, to someone that you've been trying to say for years. Yeah. So in in a moment, this thing can turn around. Totally. And and because God doesn't leave us, and He's always there. In a moment, y- 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 things can go totally. and return to, you know, so. Help them by loving them. Pray for them. 
Yeah, pray yep. for the person real quick who who uh, is having a hard time forgiving. Pray for the person that's trying to find somebody uh, who's dating. Yes, pray for know. the pray okay, for the person. I'm line these up so I don't forget. God, we love you. Thank you for being such a good father, for being a God that is present, all present and all knowing, and you know the details of our life and you care about them. God, I pray for the person that's dealing with relationships and dating and trying to figure out that all of that. I pray that they would find their value and worth and, and foundation in you. And it wouldn't be adding someone to their life where they would get uh, what they need because you are the only one that can fill that void. And so I pray that you'd help them be wise in their relationships. I pray for the person that's having a hard time forgiving. We've all been there. We know that struggle, but you can do things that we can't, supernatural things. So I pray that as they are, um, they are walking through this forgiveness journey that you would show up and you'd heal their heart. I pray for the person who has a friend or loved one that is pushing God away, that you would give them grace to just extend to this person and that you would speak to their friend and you would remind them about your love and how great it is. I pray for the people that are hard to love. We call them the extra grace required people that you would give this person more capacity to extend grace. You've already given us the grace, but that they would have a greater capacity to extend it. And then the person that feels like maybe they're less of a Christian or is having some issues with church, God, that they would seek you and they would find you in the stillness and in the church building and outside of the church building and in every day of their life. We love you so much. Thank you. We love you. Amen. <laughs>